Get your pens ready, because on today's episode, we're going to learn from the blockchain master himself, uh, um, Mr. Marcus, blockchain slash esports Howard. And of course, we're joined by uh, the lovely Tamika Red Infamy Moultrie and Derek Watford of High Point Gamer. Together, we squad up to make Eat for Life. Of course, I'm Sebastian Chosen One Burton, and we're here to bring you some information that you might need in today's upcoming world in the fourth industrial revolution called the Internet and the Information Age. Mm -hmm. And Marcus is an expert in this crypto money. This is about to be a paper we're talking about. So pay attention. Grab a pen. As Marcus just said, I got mine. And take notes. That's how you get better. The more you learn, the more you earn. No further ado, Marcus, take it from the top. All right. So I started learning about, I first heard about Bitcoin in 2011, right? Bitcoin, the white paper was written and, sorry, published October 31st, 2018. And then the Bitcoin network and blockchain infrastructure, the platform launched January 3rd, 2000, sorry, 2008. October 31st, 2008 is when the white paper was written. The network launched January 3rd, 2009. January 3rd is also my birthday, so it's a weird coincidence there. And I started learning about Bitcoin in 2011. I would see it in kind of the internet, Reddit, um, you know, people talking about this kind of new money that's happening. Um, there's a There was a website that was called the Silk Road, and people were using Bitcoin to basically buy drugs and pay for assassinations. And it was kind of like, the dark web was all funded by Bitcoin. Uh, as, as Derek knows, I didn't need any issues with the authorities, right? <laughs> so I didn't want to have anything to do with, with the, the dark web or anything illegal. So I, I basically took a step back and just continued to watch it for two or three years. And right around 2014, I bought my first half of Bitcoin because I have a technology degree. I understood Bitcoin, the ecosystem around it as a technology platform. So I bought the half of Bitcoin to understand how the ecosystem worked. Um, I day traded that Bitcoin the same way you would with stocks. So I transferred it to uh, Litecoin and I transferred it to what the ecosystem refers to as shit coins. There um, are alternative coins that aren't the number one, number two, number three. And through that process, I tripled my investment in two weeks. But around 2013 was the same time that I launched my company, Project MQ, and I still had my day job. I couldn't manage all of those things at the same time and not get fired from my day job. So I just kind of forgot about my coins. The exchange, the, the server I had my coins on stopped supporting my alternative coin because it wasn't one of the major coins. And they kept sending me notices warning me to remove my coins, exchange them for Bitcoin, or I'll start to get like basically bank fees right? Everybody's familiar with those. So they just kept charging me bank fees. Over the course of a year, I lost all of my money. So then 2016, I'm doing research on LinkedIn. That's when I first started getting involved in that space. And I saw fintech show up all the time. Uh, again, fintech, I, I immediately connected to banks. I didn't care about banks. But then I saw a post about blockchain and I started to Google it, learn more about it and realized that blockchain is the inevitable future of the internet. Because the internet's not designed for encryption. It's not designed for redundancy. It's not designed to empower the end users. But blockchain is all of those things. And that's when I started going all in, doing all the research I could, trying to connect people. 2017, I connected with you, Sebastian. You heard me talking about blockchain. You know, blockchain in the banking industry is easy. Blockchain in the gaming industry, I think, is how you get ma mainstream adoption. And here we are today. 
You know, you see that the where the money was doing right. It's at fifty thousand dollars per coin. Yeah, you were prophetic with that for sure, for sure. And 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 I always thought that the gaming thing was a way for it to go into the mainstream too. That's exciting to see how how prophetic you were. So I know now we better listen. And you you don't be like me and wait till four years later, bro. Listen to him right now. Listen to him right now. So let's talk about blockchain, right? Blockchain basically is a distributed network of nodes and nodes are basically devices, right? Your, your laptop can be a node. Your cell phone can be a node. Anything that's running the application is a node. The current internet infrastructure is a client to server design and network, right? When we're using Zoom, when we're using LinkedIn, Hulu, Netflix, whatever, you make a request to the server to get your data. And it goes from the server to your device, which is the client. If the server ever goes down, you immediately lose access to the data. If you've ever seen like Facebook go down or you can't access your internet or your cell phone, it's because the server went down. When Equifax got hacked and 54% of Americans' information got leaked, it was because all the information was in one place, right? That client-server model. When Facebook decided they wanted to sell off everybody's information, they had the ability to do that because as an entity, they owned our data. We don't own our data when we use Facebook or those other platforms. They own it. Wow. With blockchain, you're actually giving the power back to the end user and the data is stored on each device. So if if we're using this app, if this was a blockchain app and, and your machine went down, your power went out, we could continue to run the conference call because each of us are running the app and the data. Does that make sense? That's cool. So it's not like one, it's not like in the example, like if Zoom was a blockchain app, it's not like Zoom is holding all of our data. We're all holding our own. Exactly. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Wow. That's dope as hell. So we didn't need, we didn't need blockchain before because, you know, when the internet became kind of commercially available in roughly 92 to 96, there weren't all these connected devices, right? Most people were just barely using it for internet and basically that's it, unless you were in the, the government, right? But today, now you've got your TVs are connected to the internet, your car is connected to the internet, your, your refrigerator is connected to the internet, smartwatches, everything, all these devices. And by design, this kind of military-grade encryption was not built into them. So as a society, as we're growing into the future, like we need this. We need the security. We need the redundancy. And we need the ability for us to own our data. Mm. Okay. You have so a watchdogish. Yeah, yeah, very, very watchdogish, right? Like, yeah. dang, you make it, you make it. It's very important, and it's a question that comes up. Like, like, what does five years from now look like? And you're saying that, like, it's crucial that people understand blockchain so they can have the power back in the people's hand because the internet wasn't built for this type of society we're in. Exactly. Exactly. That's really cool. Uh, that's that's see, that's gems. We're dropping gems, like that's a gem right there. Um, so you have screen sharing ability. I just checked. So if you want okay. to share your screen, then you can, but you know, whatever time you want to do it, but just you can. Okay. So I'm going to go over one more concept, the crypto piece of this, and then, and then I'll do a screen share. So crypto is to blockchain what email is to the internet or rather okay. Bitcoin, which is a cryptocurrency is to blockchain what email is to the internet. When, again, 96, 92, 94, roughly around that time when Internet first launched, email was the first kind of commercial end-user way to use the Internet. I'm sure all of us remember that. Right. 20 years later, 25 years later, no one can really function today without the Internet, 
right? It's so kind of integrated into our daily experience, both as a society and as a business. Bitcoin launching in 2009, January 3rd, is the first commercial use of blockchain technology. It's designed to encrypt transactions. That's what blockchain is designed to do. Make them um, transparent, make them immutable, um, again, make them decentralized. But it's for transactions. And Bitcoin just happens to be a payment transaction. So you can have transactions for um, voting. You can have transactions for getting a deed to a house. You can have transactions for buying a game or playing in a tournament or, uh, you know, making logging into applications. All of those are transactions. And so as we see the blockchain technology scale, we'll see it kind of cover all those types of transactions. But transactions have to be processed and verified, right? Since it's a distributed network, it's not owned by any one person or any one organization. It's owned by the users. The users need a reason to process the transactions. Just like we all go to work, you know, at our day jobs and throughout the day because our we get an incentive via payment. People pay us to do work. Crypto is the financial incentive for people to use their machines to process those transactions. Mm. So if there was deep. no that crypto. Was deep for the intro. That was deep. That was deep. I know that. So again, I just got to break it down to layman's. That helps me. I hope you guys don't mind. So you're saying that the crypto is critical for applications to get users to function because it's kind of like they can gain some type of monetary value towards whatever the service is if they have a crypto attached, but everything that happens on it. So logging into, you know, uh, I'm going to say like pizzahut.com is a transaction, but using crypto to buy pizzahut.com is the monetary way you get me to even go there because my money is valuable there. Yeah, generally. So, so again, kind of back to the Bitcoin example, People have to use their machines, their internet, their electricity to process the transaction. Let's say I pay you, Sebastian. Okay. The network has to, to verify that that transaction happened and confirm it. And that there's a cost associated with that. That's processing time and electricity. When the, the transaction is confirmed or a block of transactions are confirmed, the system generates Bitcoin and it pays it to the people who use their machines to process the transaction. So if you use your computer to process transactions, you get a piece of Bitcoin. Okay. 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 So it incentivizes okay. me. So it's mining it. That's exactly what mining is, right? Yeah. It's mining is the process of verifying transactions. Mm. Okay. Okay. So there's no middleman, just the system mines the system that processed the transaction. Like the, the- network of, of users together process their transactions and the network of users collectively earn the reward for processing transactions. Okay. That's why they don't want us to learn so much about (laughs) the blockchain is because we get to own that data. You know, we use so many different platforms yet we don't get nothing. We get no incentives back for using it or utilizing it and help growing their platform just by us utilizing it. But with blockchain it's it's a win-win situation because we're mining data where then we we're able to actually make money and still use a platform to utilize at the same time. Okay. Copy. I like how you broke that down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could get with that. So I'm gonna share my screen. So Brave is a perfect example of 
being able to get paid for the work that you do. So normally okay. if you use a web browser to go search the internet, mm-hmm. you advertisements, right? You don't get to control if you see advertisements, Google or, or sorry, the Chrome browser or Edge or whatever. They just show you ads and you get nothing for it. Brave is a blockchain browser, a cryptocurrency browser that will pay you if you give them the permission to show you ads. They do not show you ads by default, but if you allow them to show you ads, they pay you in cryptocurrency. <laughs> That's hot. Hold on, let me download this right <laughs> That's now. Hot. That's and hot. Let Chrome me get brave. Yeah, what? Hold on, I'm about to get real brave. <laughs> All right, let me download Whoa. this joint right now. This is crazy. So right here, you see it on the screen, right? They're against <laughs> just showing you ads without your permission. They will never show you an ad unless you give them permission. And if you give them permission, they will pay you cryptocurrency for you letting them show you ads. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, Brave oh, is the wave right now. Okay. That Brave is, a, is the wave. I, I thought I might never leave. I mean, I, I was I was Internet Explorer at one point, like all of us. Then I went to Firefox. Then I went to Chrome. I've been Chrome, Chrome. for a minute. And now, man, brave! What and Chrome? Chrome takes up too much CPU on the computer do. anyway. So I, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna be with this right here. And, and it and, got and the lion on there, right? It's got, a, it's got a firewall plus VPN. <laughs> it's got, and you get, and it takes up less battery on mobile, and it's faster than Chrome. And the most important is you get crypto for using it, for letting yeah, them, for right. letting them show you ads. Yeah, they pay you for you letting them show you ads. I mean, man, <laughs> that's incredible. Thank you, Marcus. Already paying dividends right now. So yeah, imagine that that is the future of the internet, right? Anytime you use an app, A, you control what data you give to the platform, to the network, and then B, they need to pay you for to reward you for your time. Incredible. Bro, this is the way it should be. Yeah. This is the way it should be. This is revolutionary. So the next thing we're going to talk about is setting up your own crypto wallet. Now, I think there are some integrations here because, again, this this browser is built around crypto. But okay. if you were at the event last week, I talked about uh, MetaMask. MetaMask is a browser extension that allows you to set up a crypto wallet. So I'm going to go through that process right now. Since we're doing a screen share, I'm going to talk through it as well for the people who, who aren't watching, who listen to the podcast later. So you want to go, well, first for Brave, let me go back to that website. Um, It's brave.com and then just click download Brave, right? It'll ask you, you could just click one of these buttons and it'll download like any app downloads. So, so brave.com and then you just download it for free. You download it for free. Copy that. You install it just the way you would install anything you download off the internet. Okay. This next site is called MetaMask. M-E-T-A-M-A-S-K dot I-O. Let me write that down. Hold on. He's dropping gems, y'all. You better write that down. And this is MetaMask. What MetaMask do? So MetaMask is how you create a crypto wallet, specifically Ethereum. So there are blockchain crypto wallets and Ethereum crypto wallets. This is an Ethereum crypto wallet. Now, if you think about Bitcoin, it was the first crypto uh, it's it's the primary kind of crypto for payments, and you've seen the price is like $50,000 a coin. Ethereum is more of a cryptocurrency and a protocol, a network designed around business applications. So it allows you to write like code to automate business functions. So 
we're at MetaMask. You're going to click the download now. It's a blue button. It's going to ask you how you want to install this. It will detect your browser. You see it says Brave there. It would say like Edge or whatever. It also has mobile apps. And uh, Brave does as well. So I recommend you getting that on your phone. And Brave, if you're listening, if you want to sponsor this podcast, that's cool too. Yeah, Brave. We down with that. You know, we down with that definitely. But man. That would be nice. That, that, that We always down for that. But man, Marcus, you sponsoring this podcast. This podcast currently is sponsored by Gems. <laughs> Gems. So you click on install MetaMask. And the Brave browser is actually a distribution of Chrome. Just like if you have um, an Android device, you might have multiple manufacturers, right? Like Samsung manufactures their own version of, of their... their the HTC, iOS card, the Android, right? Operating system, right. Yeah. So same thing here. This is a, a version of Chrome built specifically for cryptocurrency. So it'll take you to the Chrome store. You're going to click add to Brave. You see they have 2 million users already. So obviously it's doing well. Yeah, that's crazy. It's going to give you this kind of standard notice that you always get whenever you install a browser extension. If that's Grammarly, if, if, if it's an ad blocker, it's just going to tell you what you're giving the extension access to. Right. Click add extension. Okay. So it says it was added and it's going to take me back automatically to the MetaMask mm-hmm. website. So you don't have to click anything. It's going to take you right to this page inside the extension. It's asking me to get started with Ethereum. So you have two options when you click that first button the left and the right. The left option is if you already have set up an Ethereum wallet on another device and you want to import it in this browser, but we don't have one yet, right? So we're gonna do the one on the right. And this, when it says import using a 12 word C phrase, that's gonna be important later, but uh, there isn't like a recovery password with Ethereum. They give you a 12 word phrase that you have to remember in the exact order they gave it to you. Or you can't- Oh, it's a rat. Oh, that's like James Bond. Oh, right? that's like mega yeah. um, uh, joint. That's like the mega thingy. So like right now, there's an article a couple of weeks ago. There was a guy, a couple of guys who were trying to get access to their hard drives because they have $125 million worth of Bitcoin they can't access because they don't know their passwords. Oh, they forgot the 12? They forgot the 12? Oh, Oh no! It would have to be engraved somewhere. Like it would literally have to be engraved. Oh! Shout out to Hip Hop Gamer just gave us the follow. Mad love, kid. Yeah, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna engrave it somewhere. Yeah, twelve words. Twelve words. So we're gonna click the button on the right. Create a wallet. You're gonna get the standard kind of warning. Um, They're never gonna ask you for your keys and 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 any of your information. They're not gonna sell your data because again, we're in a decentralized ecosystem. They have to get your permission to sell your data. You're gonna click, I agree. And then it's gonna ask you for a password. You'll notice it's not asking me for my first name, my last name, my social security, my address, my phone number, nothing that's personally identifiable, just a password. So that means that you can put whatever in here. I would recommend not using the same password you use for Facebook or your bank account or your, your Gmail, because once people know you have crypto, they're going to try to get it from you. Right. Mm. right. Right. Yeah. I try not to have my email associated with anything like important stuff, but yeah. So I'm going to make up a password here. I'm just going to call it eat for life demo. And the reason I'm saying it out loud is because it's a test password, right? I'm not going to tell you my password. Smart man. Be wow. wrong with you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think I knew that before this lesson began. So then check this box, read these terms, and then check the box, right? Don't just check the box. Click the blue create button. And this screen is your 12-word passphrase. Again, you all get to see it because I'm not keeping this wallet, but don't show anybody this. You do want to like write it down and maybe email it to yourself. And like you said, like engrave it into the wall or something. This is the only way to recover your Ethereum wallet. So those are my 12 words. It gave you some random ones? or what Randomly you... generated 12 words. I don't get to pick the 12 words. So they pick the 12 words. Okay. The system generates 12 random words and puts them in this order. You have to remember them in this order. Yeah, man. That's like some self-destruct James Bond stuff. So what I'm going to do is save it here in the browser just for the sake of time. You click next. It's going to make you confirm that you know your 12 words in the order they gave them to you. You'll notice I can't. Excuse me? I can't paste it in here. So cake, embody, tumble. Make, refuse, picnic. Napkin, artwork, arrest. Those last three words. I missed one. See? I missed Yeah, And they would have locked you out of your 125 million. You better be careful. All right, let me start over. Yeah, yeah. So this is why you got to write it down. You got to get these 12 words right. You can't even mess up. Take, embody. Let me give you the 12 words. Right. Field, make, refuse. Picnic, napkin, artwork, arrest, plus course. Yo. Damn, son. They got 125 million. They They forgot the order. (laughs) <laughs> oh man, that's the all right. Word. I wonder if they know the words, but they just forgot the order. I don't know. It's a lot of computation, <laughs> right, <laughs> just to get it right. Yeah, that's crazy. That's so crazy. once you get all twelve, it it confirms that you reproduce the order. You hit confirm, and then it creates your crypto wallet. I'm going to close this down, and it gives you the same instructions I just gave you. Make sure you back it up in multiple places. Don't share it with anybody. Um, people will start asking you for your passphrase if they know that you have cryptocurrency, right? Don't do that. Don't give it to them. Right. So you hit all done. And then the next thing that this thing does is it asks you which exchange you want to go to to start buying crypto. Again, kind of the most common way that crypto is being used right now is being bought and sold on exchanges, just like you would the stock exchange. So these are all kind of different exchanges you can use. I'm not going to go to them right now. I'm going to do that later. And then this is your crypto wallet. You see it says zero ETH. ETH is short for Ethereum. Ethereum. Zero ETH is worth zero dollars because there's no money in it. I just created it. Okay. And now you have your wallet. Like you can use this to log into the central land like we did at the event last week. You can use it to log into uh, the exchanges. And you can use this for people to pay you in Ethereum. There are companies right now that only pay their employees in crypto. What? <laughs> yeah, I saw that NFL player. That NFL player. He uh he's getting his whole salary next year on the Carolina Panthers, right? Getting his yep. whole salary on uh all in crypto. His whole his whole he told the NFL, I don't want the money. Give me the crypto. He's trying to be ahead of the game. What was his name? Uh Russell O'Kung. He wants half of it. So he's getting thirteen million. He wants half in crypto. 
So what's that? Six point five. Something like that, yeah, like six point five million he wants in regular, and then six point five million he wants in crypto. Now, do they tax crypto? Can he just do that? So no, that's the, they don't tax it, right? They they just started taxing it in twenty nineteen. So again, Bitcoin started in two thousand and nine. So for the first ten years, the IRS didn't recognize cryptocurrency as uh, really anything. So yeah. as I understand it, for the last ten years, no one paid taxes on crypto. Man. Oh. And those dudes lock themselves out their account. Yes. You got to be more careful. Yeah. So that's it, right? So that's that's how you get your crypto wallet set up. Um, this is Ethereum. It's one of now thousands of different cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is another one. Dogecoin is another one, right? There's just different cryptocurrencies out there. Um, then the next concept I want to talk about is NFTs. And I'll go to NBA Top Shot to help explain that. So NFT is short for non-fungible token. If you think about Ethereum and Bitcoin, all of them are the same. Like one Bitcoin is indistinguishable from another Bitcoin. They are all exactly the same. Non-fungible tokens are a type of cryptocurrency that is unique. So each NFT, non-fungible token, is unique. Mm. The NBA recently did is partnered with the company that made CryptoKitties to create this Top Shots concept. It's basically digital art where they can release 2,500 basically copies of one card and each of them are unique. So you would collect them the same way you would a piece of art or pogs or baseball cards, except virtual. Wow. I never, I had no idea about this. Me neither. So, okay. So basically it's, it's a digital collector, like collecting, let's say like cards, like right now, of course, sports cards are up right now with collecting but this is in a digital form that's still lucrative yes uh, i want to say that a 200 dollars card for lebron james like a couple of weeks ago back in january sold for like 45 or 75 grand excuse me <laughs> wait a minute wait a minute and, oh. and then compared to okay, that's the digital version with sold for forty five grand. Yeah, so like it's a marketplace, just like like eBay, right? So people who have, let me go back here. So you can go to the packs, right, and buy your own packs. You'll notice like each of these releases. So series two had fifteen releases. This one had twenty five thousand instances of it that sold out, like copies of this pack, just like you have for physical. Uh, basketball or baseball cards and they sold yeah. out this pack cost nine dollars to buy it from the store and then if you go to the marketplace which works like ebay or amazon mostly like ebay people then like relist their packs online so if you uh-huh. want these different players you have to pay the lowest ask at least if um, i'm not mistaken the digital cards that I'm looking at right now are worth more than the physicals. Yes. That tells you about the world we're going into. That just doubles down on the fact that like this. These digital cards are worth more than a panini. If it's panini or panawa, I'm sorry, correct me. (laughs) Well, it's worth more. I always say the panini card. (laughs) It's worth more than that. (laughs) Wait a minute. What? This is real life. This is happening right now. This is a real, real... So it's a card of him dunking. 
I don't know how much it was sold for that the, the company sold for when they released the pack, but since it was sold, people are now reselling it. The lowest asking price is $3,800 and the highest asking price is $188,888. Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. I got to get it together. So what's the wait context? What's the context <laughs> for this? Like you just get the highlight like this? Yeah. So instead of it being just a regular card, they took media like like highlights from the NBA. This is officially licensed media, right? Uh, and just like you would take like this episode and chop it down into 30 to 60 seconds or whatever, they got highlights and they tokenized them with NFTs, non-fungible tokens, with cryptocurrency on the blockchain. And now you can trade them like you would physical cards. But instead of it just being a card, now it's media. So soon, what that tells me, again, layman is just looking out, is the NBA about to lock up shop on sharing content right that's what that's gotta mean it means that like like places i don't know like like house of highlights and things like that that's what i was about to say show show nba content because that's where the value of this comes from no or am i not understanding that i think this is a secondary revenue for them right one it's digital and then two because it it is digital it appeals to a younger audience Mm. Uh, but i think it appeals to all audiences right if you have an older collectors group now they want to get in this space if you have Again, people you know our age who might not be following basketball but are into crypto, well, now they're into the NBA. Ah, yeah. So it broadens the audience because it adds that. So who owns the likeness, though? The NBA owns the likeness? Well, the NBA owns the likeness when they mint it. But because, again, we're talking about like permanent ownership, once they sell it, whoever owns this card or one of these 2,500 cards owns this like the nba doesn't own this anymore once they put it up for sale it permanently transfers from their marketplace to the cryptocurrency wallet of the person who paid them and there's not another one because it's non-fungible it's not like another so this is the only one of this uh card so as they build the market up for people to have them uh these are just limited like you can only have the one that you're fungible when when it's available in the market for you to or not the marketplace, but the store, when you buy it, there's only one of your version of it. So you can try to sell it off to the next person when they're sold out, like they all are right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. this this particular card, this virtual card, I guess was minted, was released on September 18th, 2020. So six months ago, there are currently 51 or 53 of them for sale. I don't know if maybe people who own some of the rest of them haven't put them up for sale. But obviously, there's only 53 in this marketplace right now. So you're able to make your own NTF? No. I mean, no. not for NBA because... No, not for NBA. But if but I yes, you can. Do, so the company that I'm the advisor for... Blah, 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 and esports, I can make my own little card for them. So shout out to Game Credits. Um, they're actually the world's first gaming cryptocurrency. Bitcoin launched in 2009, January 3rd. Game Credits launched in 2014. Bitcoin is the number one crypto to ever exist. Game Credits is the 14th to ever exist. Mm. Sorry, the the ninth to ever exist. They launched in 2014, ninth crypto ever. Okay. They are launching something called, if I can find it, an NFT creator, where basically any content creator can create their own NFT. Mm. So, Derek, you can make yours. Red, you can make yours. Sebastian, everybody can make their own NFT. Okay. So we could all make our own store and marketplace on a token that could be a store in the marketplace 
the way that we just saw the NBA have. Right. Exactly. Okay, this is cool. This is cool. I'm write this down. I had school right now. It's, right. Yeah. Right. Right. All right. This is how it's supposed to be. So that's another gaming example. This is one of my favorites, my other favorites outside of game credits. It's called Ultra. It's basically Steam on the blockchain. So oh, one of the issues that. with playing video games, uh, you know, if you've played them for years, is if you have a favorite game that came out in 2000 and they stopped supporting it in 2005, if you put 100 bucks into that game for skins and upgrades and stuff, you lose it when the developer stops supporting the game because the developer owns the assets. With mm. Ultra, the end user now owns the game, like legitimately owns the game. So it's not a license anymore. It's I own it. I don't have license to use. You own it. You can resell it. You can trade it. It's 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 your. Can you, can you develop on it? Uh, there might be a different set of rights. Okay, 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 okay. Because I don't think like they give you the source code or anything. No, no, just just the right like that instance that you purchased, just like with the NFTs, right? With the baseball, yeah. the same concept for video games or skins or imagine V Bucks, right? Actual. Transferring it from the Fortnite instance to Call of Duty. Okay. I don't know a reason why you do that, but that's what you would have the ability to do. Okay. Any questions? We're rolling up on an hour. I know it was a lot of information. I have one question from Wolverine Maniac, and he wants to know, how do you know when the packs are going to release uh, back when the NBA Top Shot? Well, we were talking mm. about that. He wanted to know, how do you know when the packs are going to release? So they have a Discord. And also, if you sign up on the website, you can set up browser notifications. And even right here, where it just went away, whatever page I was on, it said, what page was that? One of those pages had a counter on it. Now I can't find it. Hmm. But it has a counter. Yeah, I've seen it on one of the packs. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, me too. It was saying, like, 18 hours or something, all of these are sold out, all of those are sold out. <laughs> God. <laughs> you can sign up via email or follow them on social media and they'll announce it. <laughs> Drops are very during the beta, so you gotta stay up on it. Hmm. Wow, let me make my account right now. Yeah, I was about to uh, say. <laughs> Damn. Because now, now it seems like it. T- so many of them, I mean, you're telling me if I would have just bought the dunk from LeBron in September, then I would. People are selling for eighteen grand, and people are buying yeah. them. People are buying them. Yeah, so is well. this how they stay in the flow? They don't even need people to come to the games. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's and great point, Red. It's like this is what they, they probably adapted to this because of the lack of crowds and things like this. Yeah, this is crazy. Yeah, I wonder when they got into this. Let me um, I know right now. <laughs> That's pretty crazy. Because I was going to invest. I was actually going to invest in some cards mm. and um, like physical packs, but they sell out so quick. Um, Because I like I still have Pokemon cards this day, like the first uh, generation cards, and they're fine. Oh, I was like, I got some assets with that. Right. I was like, with, with sports cards, too, now it's becoming, you know, a, a huge thing. All right. So... So I guess my next question is with game credits, um, can we start now with making like our own coin if we wanted to? 
yeah, let's have a conversation with their team. Uh, I know that they have some creators on there. We have to just work through that process. I think they have an onboarding process and then we should have our own coin, you know, the E for life coin, you know, E for L or, or whatever. Let's. I, <laughs> I, I wasn't even thinking about that, but that's hot. But I was thinking like, I just meant in general, like a content creator could go to game credits today. So anybody, any of our listeners, you know, anybody uh, out there, could they go to game credit today, game credits today and go through that process? Or is there like a, is it like in a beta form or like only invite only, you know, how Clubhouse is right now? Yeah, I don't know how, how open up it is right now, but I know that, you know, they've announced it and that's that's what they're running. They announced it back in like November last year. So maybe there's a waiting line. I'm not sure that I'll, I can go find that out and, and get back to you about it. Yeah, that's dope, man. That's really, 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 really dope. Like, uh, so Game Credits is a crypto that, it's the ninth crypto in the world? Ninth crypto ever created. Yeah, yo, that's that's dope. I'm trying to get involved with them. That's dope. That's really dope. Man, Marcus, you gave up so many jumps today. Now, my last question, and feel free to jump in if y'all got any questions. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Coinbase, it, MetaMask is different than Coinbase. Coinbase, you can hold all your crypto there, can't you? Yeah, I think you can import different wallets into Coinbase or has support for different coins. So I think you can you can get yeah. Ethereum and Bitcoin and Litecoin. MetaMask is strictly for Ethereum. Okay. Mm. Yeah, because cool. I, I think I transferred like some Electronium like a long time ago into Coinbase. Like you could like transfer any of those little coins there. Okay. But, you know, nothing against Coinbase. When you think about what happened with Robinhood, over I was about to say <laughs> Coinbase is a publicly not publicly traded company, but a, a private company, a legal business entity registered here in the US, and they have restrictions as as invested companies do, just like Robinhood does, right? So at any given day, they could prevent you from buying crypto or or you know selling crypto. Mm. But with something happens like MetaMask, that's not the same type of entity it's owned by the network it's it's a distributed decentralized piece of technology so you as the end user own it i like that now will metamask have a version for other coins or is it just an ethereum kind of thing like what i mean i guess you can't tell the future of the company but would we need to find one if we wanted bitcoin that was decentralized and end user only would i need to find like a bitcoin metamask yeah you probably get one for bitcoin i don't know one off the top of my head but i can come back next week with that do a little bit of research for you yeah that's dope let me write that down too but you know back back to coinbase one of the great things they do talk about kind of getting free crypto they have kind of tutorials that teach you about cryptocurrency and using the platform and when you complete their tutorials in the app they reward you with crypto okay so you were mm-hmm. complete tutorials in coinbase and you get i think i got some that way yeah i, I think yeah. i got some that way yeah that's dope too yeah i had set it up a little while ago um Shout out to Jermaine Cohen at Digital Names. He helped me out, set that up. And uh, Jermaine and Ken and all those guys, they're great. And uh, they they helped me set it up. And I did get like, yeah, I got like fraction of a coin for like completing a tutorial, which is like dope. Because now when that was, that was like a year ago, maybe, or like eight, nine months ago. And we've seen how in eight, nine months, I mean, the, the need for blockchain and crypto is surpassing fast as we can put the information out or receive the information. I mean, things are getting changed legislatively and you know it seems like people talk more crypto and 
currency and blockchain more than like politics and stuff now. It's like more important to understand it than it was in the past than than like other parts of the society. You know what I'm saying? So that's yeah. that's definitely a dope way to get involved. It's just open your Coinbase and get some of what seems to be the new currency or a new form of currency um, just by signing up. That's great. Yeah. And I don't think that dollars will go away. Fiat currency, right, will go away. But I right. think there are limitations to fiat currency. It's not as efficient as digital currency. Right. You know, you can think about the unbanked and the underbanked, many of them, you know, minority communities. They don't have access to a lot of financial services because so many of those things require having a bank account, a checking account. Uh, but it, but everybody has a mobile device, mm. right? So if you can run an app on your phone, you can now get cryptocurrency. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. That's crazy. I mean, I learned a lot tonight, yo. I can't lie. I learned a <laughs> lot. Like, I learned a lot. I knew I would, but it's like even better. Yes, it's, I have a I have a question because um, a lot of, of course, since you know the stock market with with GameStop has gotten a lot of new investors and uh, Dogecoin, you know, a lot of the things we wouldn't have known because in different sectors are just people just plainly not having a lot of financial literacy, but they see what's trending. What would you say is the best way? Like, of course, you showed us these different things to set up a wallet, but a lot of people either have, you know, of course people have um, cash app, you know, and some people may have Robinhood. What would you say is like the best medium or platform that you can have, you can trade and you also can have cryptocurrency at the same time on one platform? Right now it's probably Robinhood or Coinbase uh, because Robinhood does have support for crypto. As I understand it, Coinbase was designed around crypto to begin with. I think you know you want to kind of diversify your portfolio of apps because again, you saw what Robinhood did, where they limited people trading on GameStop and on AMC. So you, you need to make sure you can protect your ability to still generate wealth when companies do what companies do. Right, right. I hate it. <laughs> I'm like signing up to everything you say. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, feel so late to the party. Feel so late to the party. Well, no, but that's good. Like, what exchange now we are we picking though? What exchange? Yeah, it doesn't not matter right now because it doesn't really matter right now. Uh, I can get back to you. Let me do some more research on that end. You know, because I shifted over to esports, I'm not as involved in the crypto space as I was, but I'm going to start to get more involved again because no one is, not no one, but there's not enough people speaking up for the culture um, that's, that's providing this education. And it's important. You know, Bitcoin has been here for 12 years. For the first 10 of it, it was virtually untaxed, right? And we're just missing out on this opportunity. But the good news is so is really pretty much everyone else. Facebook just launched their crypto or announced plans to launch crypto back in January. PayPal just got crypto support for Bitcoin back yeah. in November. MasterCard is planned for this year. And they're in the financial services industry. And it took them 11 right. years to get it. Right, right. They so had no choice. So we're really ahead of the game. Yeah. 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 This is this is this has been crazy. And and it just shows the power of the power still with the people. You know, it just shows the power. Like Red said, they had no choice. The power's still with the people. So, like, 
that's you know that's important to to make my overall view again looking from you know just a stand back layman's standpoint um because i'm gonna learn just like you know the rest of y'all gonna learn and for me it's like the power still with the people as much as you know people think that they're powerless it's like you know i, I feel like all those companies are doing it so that we can still be their customers you know and obviously that just shows that like we've the community has shown that it, it wants to be you know decentralized it wants to be its own its own monitor of its own currency and you can provide the platforms but we need nothing more than that it seems like and the more and more i go by every day so um i i really love that and i feel so much smarter um i want to ask you guys what was your favorite part of the lesson free <laughs> he said free. free it was free Free. Amen to that. It was free. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, but I mean, all of it, like learning about a browser, like that right there. You stole mine. I mean, you stole mine. <laughs> I'm sorry. Brave. I was about to be like, I'm, boy, yo. brave. I don't want about nothing else. I know that brave. And I could just be on the internet brave. just getting crypto. Like that's crazy. That's crazy. that's that's really that's really crazy. And um uh just just hearing about like like even when Andrew uh Andrew Yang was going with his whole presidential campaign and uh his whole thing was about you know us owning our information you know bringing it to that and a lot of people weren't was like what <laughs> like what do you mean right. um but a lot of things he was saying i was like yeah we use so much so much information each day so much data each day and we actually don't own it. Whenever we have something on YouTube, Twitch, whatever, we don't own really any of it. Yes, we may have our businesses and okay, we have our intellectual properties or whatever and copyrights and different things, but they could actually take our stuff. Like you like for example, you're partnered with Twitch. They actually own anything and can reuse it. Because and like I'm an affiliate with Twitch, they can use whatever I have and use it without my authority at all. You know, like they can automatic and I don't I won't even get paid from it. So um, it's it's crazy how you there is a such thing, of course, like blockchain, where even things financial don't have to happen. There's so much information that could be used. And um, I remember, Marcus, you were saying from before especially our communities, our communities can gain so much from blockchain alone. I know, um, I think I heard in the news, like Jay-Z is trying to do something in, uh, in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. to help. Him and Jack um, Dorsey are opening up. Uh, him and Jeff Dorsey. Yeah. That's based out of crypto. Yeah. To help, uh, you know, low income communities. Uh, I think that's like one of the pivotal things is to use something like blockchain to actually help and fund a lot of things in our community instead of waiting for gentrification, which doesn't give anything back at all. It just pushes us out. I'm like, hey, here you go. <laughs> like, let's take over. Um, so yeah, crypto and blockchain alone is 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 the is the wave, period. If you don't get on it, I don't know what's gonna happen. It's the wave. It's the, it's the wave. Wave. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else, Marcus? Is that it? That's it, man. I think, you know, there's a lot more stuff. We'll run up on an hour. I think what I'm going to do, 
moving forward is just bringing like a 60 second this week in crypto. It's either an event or some knowledge to drop for everybody who's listening. Hey man, I'm down. I'm no down. way. I'm gonna be. I'm, I'm be like this. Glued. Yeah, because the way you taught this was great, <laughs> and you gave us real applicable things. I mean, a close runner up in my number two was uh, uh, NBA Top Shot. I'm definitely gonna be all over that. Um, and then I already just, signed up. Just I'm in the Discord right now. <laughs> you got me. You beat me to a punch. You beat me to the punch. I gotta manage this damn uh, this show. So I'm trying to <laughs> do so much and watch. You beat me to the punch, but I want to get it. All them cards sell out so fast, but. That is just such a cool concept. And Red, uh, I really like how you, you really kind of put that in perspective because it's kind of like we get to own our platforms. You can make a million dollars off of YouTube, but you can't stop. YouTube doesn't have to pay you for the information that they get from people watching your stuff. So people, they can tell how people behave and act off of viewing your stuff. And then they don't have to cut you in on that. They just cut you in on the ads that are on your video. But they don't get all the new data they collect. You're right. It's just kind of like they get to make way. They don't mind paying you a million because they're going to make 200. So I get it. I get it. And that's that's yeah. really look at Google. Yeah. You know how much information Google has yeah, on all crazy. of us. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Like Facebook, all the information they have and we don't get paid from none of it. Yet we use most of their platforms. This is why I preach to people who use ads. I mean, I've become an expert in ads and this is why I preach it. It's like you might as well learn how to advertise in today's world because it's there for us. You're going to have to do, you're going to have to do lessons on that too, because yeah, this is a hard act to follow, but maybe that's what we'll do. We'll, we'll do a, you know, lesson on how to advertise and the thought process of, cause I don't even look at the internet the same since I've been an advertiser. So I would definitely, I would definitely be interested in that, but not to belittle what we learned today. Um, I think it's so important. It's the future. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you very, yes, very, thank very Thank you much. so much. Thank you. <laughs> Like, really, thank you for taking the time. It was important for us to learn, and I really appreciate you. No problem, man. Yeah, like I said, I'm going to keep bringing more of the insights to the podcast, and, you know, all of us going to eat the life. Yeah, yeah, buddy. Um, And something I got, I forgot to mention that I mentioned on the before I started recording tonight um, uh, was that um, one, take two is up. They reported their last quarterly earnings. Um, and they're a great stock to grab. And here's two basic reasons. I'm not going to get all stock heavy on you, but, uh, you should be in the stock market, um, because it's always going to be inflation. Right. So I, I bring this kind of stuff up just to let you know, like, you probably like, I don't want to talk about stocks and stuff, but it's important to know because, um, it is how you beat inflation. Gas goes up. All these things go up. Groceries go up. Stocks are your way to beat that. Investments are your way to beat that. So I stay in with what I know I've invested in to a couple gaming companies, one being take two. And the reason I have take two is because I don't, I, whether blockchain takes over, whether the robots take over, you know, whether we <laughs> go to Mars, people going to still play 2K and people still going to play GTA. That's just, and take two owns both of those. And they just reported 182 million last quarter and they haven't dropped a new GTA in how many years. So just imagine, you know, six is coming. So I'm just banking on that stock going up. And my last piece I want to say is, um, you know, First of all, shout out to uh, um, uh, Daniel Kaluga and uh, and uh, Lakeith Stanfield. I saw uh, Judas and the Messiah, and I thought it was incredible. Um, a great tale on true events that took place with uh, Fred Hampton and the co intel happening from you know Jagger Hoover and the CIA at that time. Uh, and it leads me to think about some of the things that we go to, through today, and uh, obviously that are still relevant in the echoes of. Uh, 
the halls, no, you know, Congress jokes included there, but, you know, in the echoes of the halls of America, what's still going on today. Um, and it makes me think about when I go on esportsobserver.com, I use it often to keep up with the information in this space. And um, it's really troubling to me that it's like one out of every 20 stories is like a black face, like as if a bunch of black people aren't helping turn this industry um, if they're not, you know, playing in the industry, creating the culture, uh, if they're not developing, you know, some of the business uh, formats and formulas uh, that a lot of the culture is using and a lot of the ecosystems using. Um, it's like there's no black stories I see on uh, like Esports Observer, um, Dexerto. A lot of these sites I go through to check information. And it seems like it takes too long to find the information. And I know for a fact Two Brothers just threw a great event with over 50, you know, esports leaders at it last week. And I didn't see any of that up there. So, um, you know, call it a call out, call it whatever you want. But, you know, just make sure you start calling it the real way because there's black people doing great things in esports and video games every single day. And they're not just content creators. They're business people. And even though we represent less than 2% of the workforce population in gaming, uh, there's not enough representation in some of the uh, deals and uh, business that uh, black business is doing in esports. So I'd like to see better on that. And, um, you know, my constituents didn't tell me to say this, you know, uh, they all have their own opinions, but my opinion is that it can be better. And that's what we're here to bring the strive to bring better. So uh, thank you guys for listening in. We appreciate you. uh, And we're looking forward to the next episode. I learned a lot tonight. I hope you learned a lot tonight and uh, we're going to keep doing it until we all eat for life. You know? Yes. Said it. Hey, man. Great to see y'all. Holla back. Next time, we're going to formally take q and I'm going to let you guys get a Zoom link so you can actually Q&A in, and then I'll unmute, and you guys can call in, because this one, you probably had a lot of questions. We had one from the audience, so <laughs> I'm sure uh, I'm sure there's probably a lot of questions, because that Brave was hot, and uh, a lot of those things were hot. So I'm signing out, and I'll let these guys and gals sign out, and uh, you guys can say whatever you want. Your goodbyes. We're out of here for this week, y'all. Are you surprised about less black faces on esports observer? In 2021, yeah. Yeah, because you know why? Because I remember when I was 13 and I told myself I would be here when I was an older adult that this was the great equalizer, right? Like that's what I loved about it. Even through all the N-words on Call of Duty and even through all that, I knew that this was this new thing that was only about as old as we are, right? It's only like 30, 40 years old. It's not that old, right? All those other industries are real old. So the NBA used to look like one way, right? And, and, and the NFL certainly looked like, and they had Negro leagues and baseball and you can go on and on and on entertainment and Sidney Poitier spoke on it. And we've seen, and even watching Judas and the Messiah, just the way everything looked at a certain time. But gaming was the one thing that even if it was console versus PC or whatever, whatever, that it was supposed to be the great equalizer, like your skills on these animated characters and these sticks are what bring the conversation to the table. So it's the last place to really try to bring in, um, you know, race and differentiation. And um, I think it's early enough now that with everything that's transpired, you would see some kind of change. And to not see it in 2021, yeah, it was surprising enough that I had to say something about it for sure. What about you? Are you not I'm surprised? Not, you seem not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> if, they, if they kept Jerry Lawson away from being spoke upon in gaming history for so long, 
I've never seen. I like I'm not su- I'm not surprised. Like because um you know at this point what what everything like it's just as a black woman I'm just not surprised like the 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 thing that I see is I'll be like okay did you want to do that? Okay, let's do this. You know, that's why I you know I I love that a black enterprise was made. You know, it was made because you did not see black faces on Forbes. Right. Yet they existed. Right. So that's why Black Enterprise was made. You know what I'm saying? Or Bloomberg. You didn't see a lot of things talking about Black businesses or growth or billionaires, millionaires all the time on those outlets. So that's why we had to go and make our own thing. It's the same thing with our other outlets and our other platforms. So when I see stuff on Esports Observe, I am not. So I'm really not. <laughs> I'm just... I, I'm not at all. I just know that, you know, now just we have platforms, we have technology, there's open source technology out there to now make a a way to be like, okay, if you're not going to do this, then I'm going to do it and do it better. Well, I mean, let's just keep pushing. That's what I can say. This right here is inspiring to me. And I guess you're not surprised, Derek, as you wrap up for us when our last two minutes here. Take as much time as you need, but I just let you know where we're at. I feel like uh, part of it is that uh, supremacy that we expect from um, different groups. It's like, if you didn't know about a particular person, why do you think the platform knows every person that they need to reach out to in a different demographic to even get the content? Like, just because they're the creators doesn't mean they have their finger to the pulse to even get the information to know who to highlight outside of the people that they already know the highlighter that's sending them content. Um, I don't think it's always malicious, but I do think that we are the people in the industry, then we are the ears to who needs to be highlighted versus getting upset because other people that aren't with their ears to the ground are highlighting us. Uh, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, I think, I think for me, I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't just on this platform trying to pretend, um, not that anybody else is, just that I, I, I hadn't thought of it from that standpoint. That's very true. I just feel like I want to make it said so that it's, it's said. I'd be remiss if it wasn't, you know? Like, I'd just be no, remiss if it, if it wasn't said. And it's just Maybe like... Somebody it, should speak out on it. Yeah, um, just, it just, it just, it, like I said, in 2021 is why I'm like, why is this still a thing? Like, nobody you're going to talk to, especially from this industry, is going to think that's cool or like that's dope or like it's not going to help your business model and and i just hey but you say that but they're booming but it but they're, they're booming, booming with, yeah. <laughs> look yeah. at most of the esports look at most of the esports teams look at most of the esports executives look at the most you know what i'm saying look at the faces of esports <laughs> and the way i look at you it here, here's the way i look at it this is a, a little bonus content for y'all here's the way i look at it it's like yeah, and it's not working. Like, let's really look at it. Let's really look at it. It's not working. It's not working. Like, media is one thing, but profit is different. There's a reason why every big story in gaming, everyone, name them. Name them, and I will tell you, they are funded. They are not profitable. Those are two different conversations. Those are two different conversations. And, Marcus, how many times have I preached to you? Until they get a, until they get a hip-hop 
artists. And then help. they'll, and they'll, <laughs> I mean, so what I'm telling them is skip the process. It's like the NBA was one thing when it was the ABA until Bill Russell and them came dunking. And then the chart started going up. The NFL, when they started letting Jim Brown them into the league, it started going up. Skip the process. It's 2021. Like, why is it still, that's why I'm like, Who's not even just understanding? I, like inclusivity will make you more I don't money, think, even if you I don't have think a the problem. People that go through, I don't think the people that go through inclusivity go back and give the history lesson. I think. They I mean, they're not going the to. Yeah, they learn like. And I don't. Okay. I don't expect it. I just want that, like you said, the Bill Russells, the Will Chamberlains, the Jim Browns, all stuff. Yeah, but they made them money. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? Like they made. Them money. That's that. That like with with this industry now, it can't be that we're just the entertainers. We have to have own. Like it's about us right. actually having ownership right. and then helping generational ownership. Right. Like that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Like with esports and gaming, now is now generational actual ownership and not just being the entertainers. Because in those industries, they're all still entertainers. They did not really a lot of times even have a control a whole of their actual destiny in their own sport and right. career that they were in. So it's totally different now, you know, that you can actually have that. You can be like, okay, I went from, and we've seen that. We see with a hundred thieves and all these other esports teams, they used to be the players. Now they're the owners of a team. Right. So that's what I'm saying is like, that's where it needs to go. You know, now, you know, ownership of the outlets means ownership of the narrative. Well, that's how you eat for life, ownership. And I'm all about that. Thank you for bringing that up. I feel better now. It was a storm bubbling inside of me. But now I know I got my squad with me. Not the storm bubbling inside you. That means you ate something wrong. That means something. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully when I get off the stream, I feel better. I feel good. Thank you. Ginger ale. Ginger (laughs) Ginger ale. ale. That's right. That's right. Put some tussing on it. You'll feel better. Put some tussing on it. You know what? Uh, thank you guys again. Um, it's always a pleasure. You guys gave you a little extended piece of the podcast today. I'm glad to do it. Uh, see you guys next week. Uh, we're back with some more gems for you. And make sure you guys Peace. subscribe. Uh, follow everywhere. It's available where podcasts are at tomorrow. Um, and be sure, Rich will be sure to leave all where he can find all of our great hosts and uh, all this information in the chat on, or uh, in the link bio under YouTube. So Thank you guys again, and we'll see you next week.